We on. We on. Uh, it is a very cloudy. I was almost said Thursday, but it's not Thursday. It's not Thursday yet. It's Wednesday. Yeah, I love it when you, it's cloudy. I'm happy about this. Yeah. Oh, you're happy about it being cloudy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like the way the studio looks when it's cloudy. I do like that. It's like the world's in a nice filter. It makes me feel more creative. Mm. The cloudy. It it calms me down. I think cloudiness. Cause, yeah, because sometimes I can feel like really high strung and too energized, um, but this kind of kind of dampens that a little bit. Yeah, I think that it is. I've heard people talk about it in the seasons. You know, we don't live seasonally. No, because we have temperature controlled houses. And let's have a pre. Let's have a precast. Okay, <laughs> a, a pre podcast conversation. Podcast, yeah, um, we don't live seasonally, and so we expect you know, productivity to stay at a certain level year round and mood and habits and all of that routines. (laughs) Um, We expect things to just be consistent year round Mm -hmm. and then seasonal effectiveness. Now people call it like a disorder, but I don't, I think it's just uh, our bodies letting us know you're not supposed to stay this at that level all the time. Mm-hmm. Like every other mammal mm-hmm. has a calming time. Why don't we? Like other d- animals hibernate? So let's say, can I be like a bear and hibernate for a while? Yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, the winter is a time for slowing down. Because yeah, there's less there's, daylight. You can't you, forage. There's not as much food to forage. You need no. to conserve energy. You need to like chill. You need to slow down. You need to like get cozy in your bed. Yeah. And you need to quit working so hard. (laughs) Podcast over. Yeah. Um, But I love, I feel the most productive at night. So that's why I love winter. Mm. It's the most like night. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have the most night, the most night hours. Yes. Um, So I'm sure I said many uh, scientific things that were inaccurate there, but I have heard people like uh, making parallels to nature and then the way that we are always fighting against that and what that is doing to us long term Mm. i mean those rhythms y'all exist for a reason i guess indeed they do there's a time for everything um well i guess now is the time to record a podcast now is the time to begin okay This is Be Createful, a podcast about finding fullness through creativity. I'm Joe. And I'm Madison. And today on episode 103, we're talking about failure. Failure is an option. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because I would say failure is inevitable. Ooh, there we go. Which is the opposite of it being an option. Well, you know I like to be, what is it, pithy? You know, taking a phrase and like turning it. And so that's yes. that's what I wanted to title this podcast. Because most people say failure is not an option. You think about those sci-fi oh, movies where they're like, right. we have to succeed. Failure is not an option. <laughs> you must get this laser into the one yeah. meter's hole of the Death Star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I was thinking about. Yes. But I also, I think throughout the conversation, I you will see that I agree with you that it is an option. Right. Or the way we like... Well, I don't want to spoil too much at yeah. the beginning. 
Um, let's start to settle into this. Okay, so let's bit. start with like we have. Uh, well, here are other conversations we've had on failure. Not as many as I thought. Mm. Um, episode twenty three which was a long time ago. Oh, yes, it was. We talked about overcoming the fear of failure. Mm. That's the only failure-related podcast we've had. I am shocked. Like where failure is in the title. Yeah. Episode 42, we talked about what's so scary about creativity mm, and is around Halloween. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm sure failure came up in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then episode 24 is titled Suck It Up, Buttercup. And in that conversation, we talked about how do you know when it's time to let something go, like when to quit Mm -hmm. or when to push through. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of those themes may come up again today, but those would be other episodes you could listen to that are similar. But I couldn't believe we'd only had one episode where we talked about failure. Exclusively about failure. Yeah. And we talk about the fear of failure a lot because we talk about perfectionism a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are uh, two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Um, But today I want to steer away. It's not about like overcoming the fear of failure. This is, I want to talk about actually facing failure when failure happens. So it's not the, oh, we're scared it might happen. No, it's happened. It is happening. (laughs) And so then what do you do? Because it's inevitable. So it could be that, you did set some um, resolutions for 2023 and you have already uh, not accomplished them. (laughs) And so maybe you are um, facing some failure right now because you said you were going to floss your teeth every day. And then the last two days you haven't flossed your teeth. So you failed. Yeah. (laughs) So it could be that it could be something bigger failing a test. Yeah. Maybe your business is not doing too well right now. Uh Uh-huh. Or your relationship. Yeah. Or um, maybe here's an example I thought of as like the kids. Okay. This brings up an interesting um, idea that maybe other people have talked about, but I've never heard it Mm. in this, like put this way, an idea of failure tolerance. Okay. So, you know, we all have different pain tolerance levels. We all have different risk tolerance, like what we're comfortable with and what we're not. And I wonder if it is possible to also have different failure tolerance. Mm. So when we think about people who come to make do, like in your kid's class, some kids, if they sew a seam and it's not straight and you tell them they have to use the seam ripper. Oh, man, I've had tears. Tears. Tears, Joe. (laughs) Versus some kids who are like, Okay. Uh, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Give me the seam ripper. And so that is maybe a way to look at the idea of failure tolerance or even some of the tips on what we'll, the conversation we'll talk about on facing failure as, you know, those kids, if, if the thing you failed, you didn't sew that seam straight, mm-hmm. you failed. Yeah. You have to do it again. And then how some kids are totally, I mean, it stops their entire process like they can't get over it it's really difficult and this is something that I run into uh, well when I do run into it in class I'm faced with a conundrum do I before like I I can usually tell when a kid's about to mess up um do I stop them or do I let them fail and lately what I've been doing is letting them fail because you learn so much more from failing in a sewing class than you do if you don't 
like having to go back or in life or life. So if I came in and fixed it before it happened, yes, I would avoid the tears, but they would also be avoiding like figuring out how to self soothe through failure. Yes. We, so my niece just started walking and I think this is an example we're familiar with, you know, a baby is like walking and falling down and then they get up and walk and then they Mm -hmm. fall down. And so we're so gentle when we talk about a baby learning to walk and they're falling down and getting back up. We have like this empathy and this gentleness towards them learning to walk and why we lose that, why we can't keep that same empathy and gentleness towards ourselves. anything we're doing is basically like we're learning to walk and you don't just get up and walk without falling on your butt Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was just talking to you today about um, our summer program and last year we introduced 100 families into that and that required uh, a whole new system Uh and there was a lot of failure on my part trying to work that into our schedule and trying to keep up with all of these moving parts in a new system. Um, and we may have been also had the new CRM. We did. Around the same yeah. time. And so I was learning two new things. And yeah, I, I didn't do the best job. I do a better job now. But then I was, I was falling pretty hard at some points. Because I just didn't know what I was doing. And it's interesting because I wouldn't even call that failure. But let me tell you, it kind of felt like it when a kid would walk in and I was like, I don't remember putting you into this class. It brings up an interesting point. I hadn't even thought of it, but that would have made sense. What is failure? (laughs) Like, how would we even define it? I just Googled it. And the, um, it, well, it went away. Hang on. Failure. And I can't ever type on my phone. <laughs> yeah, because I definitely, like each time, lack of success or the omission of expected or required action. Oh, their failure to comply or something like, like someone yeah. isn't doing what you expect them to do. The action or state of something not functioning like a system failure. Yes. The airlines have been dealing with that lately. <laughs> <laughs> the collapse of a business, business failures rose by 53%. But I think probably it's that first, um, a lack of success. Yeah. Um, which I would say in the smaller scale of like talking about my summer program, in the smaller scale, like I failed to put a kid into a class. Right. In the grander scale of the summer program, I I wouldn't say that I failed. Like it wasn't a total failure. Um, So there can be different sizes of failure or failures within success. I mean, that's kind of how you have to get to success, right? That's I I think that that is it exactly. So that gave the definition of a failure is like not succeeding. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes we see failure as the opposite of success. Yes. But actually... I think both of those things just exist on the journey of whatever it is we're pursuing. So I think about, I I think about dating every failed relationship that you have, if you are viewing it in a healthy way, okay, well that relationship didn't work out because of this, this, and this you've learned something you've, 
Oh, sorry. Pip is, Pip is chewing her bone and caught something on Yeah. <laughs> Each failed relationship, you should learn something from it and take it, take that knowledge going into a new relationship potentially to find one that does succeed. So in the grand scheme, like let's say your ultimate goal is to get married. Yeah. That's not everyone's goal. Like as far as relationships, like romantic relationships are concerned. If that's your goal, having a breakup doesn't mean that you failed at getting to a married right. state. You are learning things and trying to get there till eventually, hopefully you have a successful committed relationship that will still contain failures because you will still fail each other. But overall, you would aim for something that is successful. See how kind of like tangled and nuanced yes, this can Yes, but also get? we know 50% of, relation, of marriages mm-hmm. end in divorce. So then that marriage, when before the dating relationship then led to marriage, which then marriage was the success. Mm-hmm. But then if there's a divorce, then that means the marriage failed. Mm-hmm. But what if really that's still not even the end goal? Mm-hmm. Like it is you becoming a full complete human Mm -hmm. and everything that is um, happening along the way, both failure and success is what is developing you into like a full complete human. Now here's the thing. I think of some, you know, some people or even some like stories and movies where like a character has something that happens to them over like one bad thing after another, Uh a tragedy. And then they become this tragic character where they have then resigned themselves to not try anymore. Uh Versus there's also tons of other movies where characters have had who've had to overcome trials, who've had terrible things happen to them. But despite all of that find some sort of success, those sort of rags to riches stories. Um, So even if there can be, there's failure in both instances. Which it goes back to that idea of failure tolerance. Mm -hmm. Like at what point does the failure wear you down and like beat you down? And then at what point are you actually taking the failure and turning it on its side and using it as a stepping stone to Mm -hmm. get over the barrier that knocked you down in the first place. You know, as I'm saying this, I'm getting a little nervous because this could be a way that we talk about productivity. Oh, well, you've had something bad happen to you. Well, if you just pull yourself by your up by your own bootstraps, this is just a stepping stone for you to get to some sort of success. Um, you need to just put on a happy face and uh, figure out a way to make this work in your favor. And if you just work hard enough, then you will find success, which I think is not a good way to think about no i was having similar thoughts as i was um you know let it as everything was rumbling around in my mind of just looking at my own journey with make do and um places times where we have failed um things that we've done really well um but also acknowledging that the whole reason because people will say oh my gosh you're so brave to do this Mm -hmm. and i think Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it doesn't feel brave to me because I always had a safety net. Mm-hmm. I was never risking everything to try to do make do. And that I wholeheartedly acknowledge the privilege that that is. Mm-hmm. Like I failure, my tolerance for failure with make do was higher than other people's would potentially be because I wasn't risking everything 
to do it. Like mm-hmm. I had a safety net and that comes from my privilege mm-hmm. of, you know, my family and support and all of that that I have. So mm-hmm. I do think that, um, that our, so people's circumstances play yes. into their, uh, not risk tolerance, uh, their failure tolerance. Yes. Because they know if they fail, they fall really far. Absolutely. Or it may be what keeps someone from trying something. They're Mm -hmm. like, I cannot afford to fail at that thing. Yeah. So I have to stick with what I know Mm -hmm. is going to like put food on my table. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, and that's something that each individual person has to work out Mm -hmm. for themselves. Um, And so I would not begrudge someone you know, a lot of times we're like, try new things, you know, step out there and don't worry about failing. Um, that is said with the caveat of, you know, if this is something that is too big of a risk, like you don't want to put your survival or your health in danger. Yeah. Um, if you're not willing to risk that. That's where sometimes what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Conversations are helpful because it lets you... Um, reflect on, wait, is this as big of a deal as as I think that it Mm -hmm. is? So, you know, if I'm just worried about um, having to talk to someone I don't know, and um, which is something that I don't like, Mm -hmm. what am I afraid of? That I'm going to like not know what to say, that I'm going to sound like an idiot. What's going to be the failure in that situation? Yeah. That they're going to walk away thinking that girl was a real weirdo. Well, they may also think that if I just stare at them and don't say anything. (laughs) So um, running through like a worst case scenario can be really helpful because in that situation, the worst case is not that bad. Yeah, I think. And and I had a friend walk me through this when I was like you know pondering over some some decisions in my life she's like what's the best and worst case scenario if you you know make these different decisions and it was it was definitely enlightening Uh because like I was like oh well this is how bad it could possibly get and she even didn't she didn't put parameters on it she's like think as crazy as you want like be as dramatic and to have the freedom to then talk that out with someone to have like the worst of the worst and the best of the best for whatever weird reason, help me to put things in sort of a reality perspective. Right. It's strange. Well, because our brain goes to, our brain is playing with those worst case scenarios all the time. But I think once you say it out loud or once you name it and then you can look at it, you can get it out of your brain and like put it in your hands and turn it around and look at it a little more objectively. Yeah. And run some probability. Like, yeah. Like, mm, would is, that actually happen? Right. And then that lets you see it in a better light that the worst case scenario, one, probably isn't going to happen. But also, would it be the end of the road or would it just be a bump in the continuation of your journey? Yeah. And so, I think that's the biggest way that I have started dealing with failure and reframing it for me is that failure is never the end mm-hmm. unless like, I mean, I, what would even be, I, that's what I try to think. If make do were to fail, yeah, what would that even mean? Like we have all of a sudden we lose all of our supporters and no one comes to our classes and the building burns down and mm-hmm. like, that seems very unrealistic. Yes. Also, it seems like there would be signs along the way <laughs> that yeah. where we could adjust. Try to course correct. 
And even if the even it was like a more of a slow burn, if you will, down the path to failure, it's like you would have time to figure out, okay, if this is a sinking ship, what do I need to do next? Right. And then it is in that sense, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. Like I'm choosing to let go of this thing because I can't. It no it's longer, not viable anymore. Right. And so then is it really a failure or was it a choice? Yeah. Well, hmm, that's or an is interesting there a idea. Like, like does failure, if I choose it, is mm -hmm. it still failure? I guess is the question. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the, in the broader sense, you know, if we're going with this make do. Um, the business scenario, failed. The business failed. Did I? I don't know. I mean, because then if you look back and you're like, oh, there's some choices along the way that led to this because I can think of some broken friendships where I was like, yeah, uh -huh. I personally made some choices and that have led to this moment. However, I did not make all of the choices. Right. That's what I was going to say. The other friendship is a good way to talk about it, I think, because you made choices. Yes. And the friend made choices. And there's circumstances that surround the both of us. Yes. And so then the friendship failed, but did either of you fail? Not that, yeah. not that you, I'm not trying to say that you don't take responsibility for, for your part in it, but also recognizing, but I also, if I, I can't be the only, I can't take responsibility for, for fixing it. Yes. Then if I can't take responsibility to fix the whole thing, then can I take responsibility for the whole thing falling That's apart? true. That's something that I struggle with is taking all of the blame for myself. Yes. Because in my, in my brain, if I can take everything, if I can take all the blame on myself, then that means I have the ability to fix all of it. It's kind of like... Um, it's a flip on narcissism. Like a, like a narcissist mm. thinks that they're fabulous and they can, you know, they have the power to do whatever they want or they, they have the charm to do whatever they want. A sort of like negative narcissist is the flip of that. They are self-deprecating to the point that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and so it feels like that they have control. So if I take on all of the negative stuff and the friendship, then it means I have the control to bring it back. But that's not true. right. Because it's a two-way street. So speaking of this, I I had um, a few things that I wrote down as to, you know, some uh, some things that we face when we face failure. Oh, okay. So um, when we're faced with failure, we might be facing um, time and effort that's been expended that we can't get back. Mm. Um, so like we've invested into it so we don't want to let it go. Or potentially, maybe or like, or something like, let's say, with a friendship, you've ex you've ex um, you have hung out with this person a lot. You've uh, shared a lot of vulnerable things with this person, but now, perhaps because of a combination of yours and their choices and other circumstances, that friendship is falling apart. Uh -huh. Well, now you have to look back and think, well, all of that time that I spent with them, all of that time I spent building up a friendship that now doesn't exist. It's a loss. Okay. Is what you're facing when you're facing the failure of that relationship. Um, but it could, it doesn't have to be just a relationship. You might look, like in the case of McDo, you might look back and think, 
about all of the time and effort and energy you poured into make do and now it doesn't exist anymore. Well, or money. Like you think, look at all the people, all the donors we've had for Mm -hmm. five years who have like invested in us. Mm -hmm. And then if make do doesn't exist anymore, well, did they lose? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So that's something to face with failure. Um, Something else is when failure hits you, maybe you're facing that you didn't get the support for your idea or that you felt like people or that people didn't support you and that's why you failed or that's why you're being faced with failure. So um, like in the case of make do, let's say if it did fail, we would have to be facing the idea that people didn't believe in our idea and you're kind Mm -hmm. of facing that pain and that's Mm -hmm. really hard to face that reality. Yeah. Or that to take it deeper that people didn't want to support you personally. That may not be true. Right. But that's, that's the viewpoint we sometimes take. Um, we have to face that whatever we did, that time effort, all of those things, maybe even the support that we still had wasn't enough. It needed whatever thing we were working towards a relationship, a business, um, that whatever we put in still wasn't enough for it to succeed. And that's why it can be hard to face that feeling of failure. Now, that's all from the perspective of the person who's failing. It doesn't necessarily mean that those things were true, but I think that's why it's so painful for us to deal with failure and makes us want to avoid it. Well, and those things will be different for everyone. Yes. But it is um, that you're not... So if I were to summarize just dealing with the hurt of the thing failing. Yes. There's also all of these other Mm -hmm. um, circumstances that you're having to deal with too. Mm -hmm. Implications, um, fallout or whatever. It's not just the the loss of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're humans. We're complicated and very interconnected. So the failure of a friendship may, you, it may, cause you to go down a logic of, well, am I a good friend? And then you start questioning all of your other relationships. Um, You know, maybe you fail at your job and you're like, well, am I a good worker? You start to question your identity. Maybe you fail in the dressing room when you're trying to find new jeans and you start to think, wait, Am, am I the problem? Is my body the problem? Yeah. Is that why I can't find jeans? Exactly. Yeah. There have been times where I have started to cry in a dressing room because I'm trying to find a bathing suit and it is just not working. Yeah. And that goes to show that any body type on any person f- can f- be made to feel like a failure because a bathing suit doesn't fit, because yes. jeans don't fit. Mm-hmm. Like the way that failure that we're made to feel because of outside and outside something that force. we cannot control. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what I was getting to before when we were talking mm. about the friendship. Like maybe jeans or a bathing suit is actually a more objective way mm-hmm. to talk about it. That um, there are things that are so beyond your control yeah. that all that you can do is show up in good faith, like genuinely being the yeah. best that you can be in the moment. Um, that's not to say that we can't ever have bad days. It's just, can you show up saying, I want to 
be good. Like, I mean, I want to do well here or whatever. I don't know. Now I feel like I'm chasing a tangent. I haven't really thought about. Um, like in, like in the sense that like, all right, I'm here. I, I have, I have, I have some positive thinking about what I'm about to experience, but because of outside circumstances, it's just not going to work or with, the, with you, the resources available. Right. Or did you fail at not finding jeans because you tried on the 10 pairs that were available in that store? Mm -hmm. Is that a fail? Is that, does that mean there will never be any jeans that ever will fit? Yeah. No. It means that that one shopping experience was a failure. So then you are going to have to work harder yeah. <laughs> to go find jeans that fit. And then that's when you get to say, wait a minute, does, are there something else I can wear besides jeans? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe, so like a lot of people talk about, oh, when, when God closes a door, he opens another yeah. one or he like opens a window or whatever. So, you know, Failure allows us, and I think we've talked about this in past episodes about failure. Failure allows us to figure out what's not working. Yes. So maybe we're not going in quite the right direction. Do you even want to wear jeans? Why are you wearing jeans? But the thing is, is that I think people get discouraged when they get when they get hit with some failure because it forces them to have to think outside the box, blaze a new yes. trail, yes. and think about their life in a different way. Okay, so your business failed. It was a dream of yours. Right. Maybe you need to think of another dream. But that can be so hard. Like, I I totally understand. It can be so hard for someone to think, this is my dream. This is what I want. I wanted to be a classroom teacher. That was my dream since I was, like, six. Uh -huh. I could not get a teaching job to save my life. And then when I finally did when I was finally accepted to get a job, another door opened to a teaching avenue that I didn't know that it exi had existed. Mm -hmm. And so I took that instead. She's talking about make do, y'all. talking about make do. <laughs> so it just... So in that sense, maybe I have failed to become a public school classroom teacher, but I am living out my dream in a way that I didn't think possible. So here's what I would say if we're going to use failure. <laughs> yeah. I would say, my dad is calling. <laughs> I would say Madison failed to be a classroom teacher mm -hmm. so that she could <laughs> blow success out of the water as a you know, yeah. as what you're doing now. Yeah. Like being the kids program director here and developing yeah. creative programs for kiddos here in Cersei. Yes. So um, you did fail at that one thing. Mm -hmm. and, and it was hard. Tried, and you were on that path for a long time yes. too. Like um, years. I mean, I spent years in school. I got my bachelor's degree and then I spent three years substitute teaching yes I think it's it's all the effort so this goes back to the things you were saying that we're facing it was all the effort that you put into getting a teaching job and then you think okay just one more time oh just one more mm -hmm. just one more I, th I think people experience this on dating apps oh yes and so then I think at what point do you say banging my head against this wall like the failure is already happening. Every time you bang your head against the wall, mm -hmm. it is harming you and it is a failure. The failure is already existing. So choosing to walk away from it and find 
success, maybe not even walk away, walk past it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and continue on your life gives, lets you, frees you up to find the next thing. Yeah. But again, there is privilege in being able to continue the walk. So whether that is um, you have the financial means yeah. to do that or you have um, support like friends and families supporting and encouraging you, none of us do this alone. Absolutely not. Um, and some of us, some of us have differing amounts of resources. And now I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about friends and like yeah. emotional resources too. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to be able to go to therapy and amass a toolkit of emotional resources. A lot of people don't get that. Um, so their evaluation of what they're willing to risk is going to be different. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know what it will, if I still would have chosen the same thing, if I had not been going chosen to stay at make do um, and to come on as the kids program director, if I had not been going to therapy. Mm. Um, So who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Well, tell your therapist I said thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. This is maybe going to take the conversation in a little different way. Oh no, I'm here for it. So let's go. Failure lets us own our success. Okay. Failing and then succeeding mm-hmm. lets us know that our success wasn't a fluke and potentially is a way to help us overcome imposter syndrome. Hmm. I think a lot of times when we are feeling imposter syndrome, it's because we feel like we don't belong. Like mm-hmm. we haven't earned our stripes in that thing, you know? We haven't suffered. Yeah, like we are, we just happened upon this and people think we know more than we do or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if I can point back and say, uh, Oh no, I like clawed my way here (laughs) or I've screwed up in the past. Yes. Failure over failure over failure. And that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Let's us own our success in a way that if we haven't failed, we don't succeed. I see this in the quilting class. Mm -hmm. People will come to the beginner quilting class. They make their beginner quilt. They walk away without many problems. They are not as confident in their ability to sew another quilt as someone who comes to the quilting class and has problem after problem after problem that Mm -hmm. they are having to overcome. When they leave, they think, oh my gosh, I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And so all of those little failures... Because the end hasn't happened yet. The quilt isn't made yet until it's done. So did you mess up along the way and have to learn how to fix it? Or was it smooth sailing? And so now you don't trust that you actually learned anything. Yes. Um, As I'm like kind of pondering this, I'm thinking about like going back to like my sewing kiddos. If I came in and if I fixed everything before they got to like truly failing at Uh sewing a seam, um, yeah, they're not going to learn as much. It's not going to be as valuable to them. Um, This is not an excuse to put people through like hard and difficult times just because like hazing or other things. We're not talking about that. We're talking about genuine failure, natural consequences, if you will. Um, Or right. Or just, you know, whenever we're figuring something out, Oh, like a baby figuring out how to walk is mm-hmm. going to fall. 
so it is, yeah, natural consequences or even like the natural, a natural sequence. Mm-hmm. Like when you do something for the first time, it's not going to go as well as if, and I told this to my sewing kids, I said, are you going to sew as well as someone who's been sewing? Because they haven't started yet. As someone who's been sewing for 10 minutes, what about 10 hours yeah. or 10 days or 10 years? Yeah. And they're like, no. So I'm like, don't expect yourself right. to sew as well if you haven't been doing yeah. it. Um, yeah, because it's just, it's you're not, unless you are a fluke of nature, you are not going to a try something. fluke some, of nature. Uh, yeah. Or free, I don't want to say free, just like a random, like, yeah. oh, you try something and oh, you're magically good at it. Great. That's not everyone. No. You're not a Picasso. And it's, even Picasso. I mean, he trained and he worked. However, he was a prodigy. Like, even these people that were like, oh, they, they were playing piano when they were six and they've become this epic composer. They made these great works of art or um, they were so intelligent. They graduated college at, you know, 14 they still had things to learn and work on. They yeah. didn't just naturally get to someplace. They still had to train. And yet we still, that's even the minority. Yeah, th that is a small group. And yet people. I think that that's still what we think our journey is supposed to look like. <laughs> like we still all kind of want to be a prodigy in one way or another. Sure. Or we hear that with people all the time saying they're not creative. Yeah. So we yeah. we really diminish the um the things that we can call ourselves that we can claim because we had to try we think oh well if i had to try for that thing then i'm if i tried and failed and i have like a string of mishaps then i probably yeah. wasn't meant to be doing yeah. this man that is something that i would like to get out of my brain is like well I, I just need to figure out what i'm meant for no no what do you want to do work at that because, figure out what it is that yeah. you want to pursue and pursue it in a way, pursue it valiantly, pursue it in a way that just like, you're like, all right, I'm going to keep trying at this. Because the fact that we all enjoy different things mm -hmm. kind of proves your point. Like we're, that means we're all meant for different things. Even the fact that I am a night owl, mm -hmm. my sister was explaining this to me oh. that, um, in nomad cultures or like, you know, before mm -hmm. with the hunters and gatherers, mm -hmm. you needed people in to like the tribe that stayed up all night because like you watch needed after. to be protected. Mm -hmm. And so... And then you needed the people who woke up crazy early to give you relief. Yeah, and so to like go, to go hunt yeah. or whatever. Like we need everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, I don't know what got me down that. But but uh, saying that like what we want to do, it's going to be different yes, for everybody. Yes, that that is where when you're trying to find purpose, starting with the things you enjoy is a good way to sure. figure out maybe why you exist here. Yeah. Um, but just because you don't succeed at something the first time doesn't mean you weren't meant for it. Right. You might right. fail at it the first time. Now, I do think that where you have the failure tolerance, like the parts of your life where you have high failure tolerance mm -hmm. might also be a good indicator for um, where you should put your energy. Mm, so like that's an interesting point. If I go do something, go to an escape room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> running joke here on the podcast. <laughs> if I go to escape room and fail at it, I'm gonna be like, okay, that was enough. Never for again. Me. Right. Cause I don't need to have a high fail your tolerance for an escape room. <laughs> that's not my passion. Yeah. Um 
but I have a high failure tolerance for make do. I'm getting there. It, it, um, well, no, I am there. What I'm getting with is how much of that do I share with other people? You know, and I think failure tolerance is something that can be grown. Mm-hmm. Um, that oh, I, it, cultivated for sure, like strengthened for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because there are some of us. I would say I might be. I might be one of those people that had a low um, failure tolerance uh-huh. growing up. You have to practice it. You do have to practice it. And it, it was just in my nature. If I was a perfectionist, and if I didn't get it right on the first time, then it I would make me very yeah. upset. So it's you know, lately been a practice in, is this good enough? Oh, well, that didn't work out. Okay. How do I get back up and keep going? And, um, we, I mean, we think creativity is a fantastic way to learn all of the lessons you need to know in life. Hence this podcast, finding fullness through creativity and creativity is a good way to explore failure. So I was talking to a friend the other night and she goes, you know, my husband, he can't, he, he just can't cook. He can't learn how to cook. And I was like, well, what's going on? She goes, well, it's his personality. He has to follow the recipe exactly right. And it takes him so long to measure out the exact amount of pasta for the water and to, you know, boil it for just uh-huh. the right amount of time. And I was like, it sounds like he needs an experience where he just has to go. And then someone says, oh, time's up. That has to be good enough. And then you have to move on and see that it's still okay. Yeah. Um. I'm just like, you know, it just sounds like you need some some more failure tolerance there. Yes. With some lower risk things, which creativity allows you to have some lower risk things. With food, if you're like, man, I ruined dinner. Well, if you have the resources, you can always go out and buy a frozen pizza if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So. Or you can like just hold your nose and eat it real fast. That's true. Um. And for some people, they're like, I don't want to work at this. Like, right. Like, you're like, I don't want to pursue learning how to cook. Right. So I'm not going to bother building up my failure tolerance for right. that. I'm going to find other ways to get to the goal that I need right. to Right. Because for me, it's not about failing at cooking. It's yeah. not about making something and it being bad. It's about, the, I don't, yeah, this is the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's people who have those sorts of personalities. Creativity is an excellent way to just have a low stakes way of increasing your Failure tolerance. Yes. And we ask people a lot about, um, like we hear perfectionism come up a lot. And I think that the fear of failure is heavily entwined in that. But mm-hmm. I think you can be a perfectionist and honestly failure. Your Failure isn't even on your radar because you, cause you're only focused on perfect. Mm-hmm. But I do think that they are, um, that they correlate. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Okay, any other thoughts before we move on to tips? Um, so last year my word was valiant, mm-hmm. and it was taken from a, a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. That was introduced to me by, by Brene Brown. So if you've read her series of books, you've heard this before. Um, I mentioned a small part of the quote. Um, here is the other part of the quote that I think goes along perfectly with this. There's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself or herself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And what I appreciate about this quote is at the beginning, it says, it talks about, it's not the critic who counts. You know, it's not about the people who point out, hey, you failed. It's the fact that you're in the ring doing the dirty work of trying and failing. Yeah. Because that matters more than the person who stays safely on the sidelines and does nothing. Yeah. So there you go. So there you go. Okay. So when you're in the ring and you are, you're trying and you're trying and you're failing. Yeah. When your brow is marred by blood and sweat. <laughs> yeah. Here's some, um, a few tips on how to face the failure, not mm -hmm. avoid it and maybe continue going. Yeah. I don't have very many. I only have two. Oh, I've got three. So you go I first. will go first. These are rather personal to me. So take what is useful and leave the rest. For me, I need to grieve for a set amount of time. I need to be upset that it did not mm -hmm. work out. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a person who's got a lot of big feels, Joe. So I need to give time to those to like be sad and feel not so good about my effort but only for a set amount of time. I can't live there. Right. So I've heard some families put like, okay, I know you're upset that we, you know, didn't get to do this thing. You have 24 hours to be upset. Uh -huh. So you've got like a full day to figure it out. Sometimes you need longer than that. Sometimes you face a failure that takes a few months to get over yeah. or a year. Um, but then reevaluate where you are in that grief process. You know, are you still in the same place? Maybe you need to talk to a friend or a therapist or try and get some help in some sort of way. But give yourself time. Yeah. Um, say how you said it again. Grieve for a set amount of time about the failure. Yes. Sometimes I think that, especially if it's something that we, if it's maybe like a reoccurring failure that we have, yeah, where we think... I should be over this by now. Like mm -hmm. this shouldn't still be affecting me. Yeah. And those can be the ones too that you really need to allow yourself. Because it the keeps space happening for. and you keep having those feelings. So your your conscience con consciousness, your mind is telling you you're you aren't over this. You need to deal with this. Or even professionally, there will be certain things where I can I know, okay, like whatever I'm having to work on our website and I can't figure out a problem and it's so frustrating and I'm like spending hours and failing and I can't get it. And then I just get so frustrated and I need to like lay on the floor and scream and cry. <laughs> yeah. And then walk away mm -hmm. and then come back and I can usually or email customer support. And then <laughs> yeah eventually I can um, get back up. So maybe I would do as like a an add-on to mm -hmm. yours, I will add one to um, my list that says to walk away. Like sometimes you're in, you're in something that feels like failure. Yeah. But it's still happening. So you can't say if it's failure or not. And sometimes you just need to pause mm -hmm. and walk away from the thing mm -hmm. and like feed yourself and get some rest mm -hmm. and come back with different energy um, and pick the thing back up. Yes. And maybe it will still fail yeah. or maybe you will see something in a new, see the problem in a new light. It's just that you're choosing not to keep banging your bloody head against the same wall. Yes. Like walk away, get a bandaid and then come back to the wall. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I love that you have to scream and cry <laughs> to get over the website being frustrating. 
Uh, maybe um, scream and curse. Yeah, is there more you go. accurate. Yeah, feel those feelings. All right, what's one of yours? Okay, so one of mine is to reframe failure. Okay, as not being an end, but being a means. It's a stepping stone. Yes. So, um, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. So this is actually like what I wrote down. Focusing on what you learned and and turning that failure into a lesson or into making it some. I'm not saying this. I don't mean this to be like toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. You don't have to turn every bad thing into a good thing. You don't have to see if if failure to you looks like a door closing. You don't have to find the open window. That's no. not what I mean. No. But more like okay, that happened but I'm still in this. Mm-hmm. What did I learn from that situation? Um, it's that holding two things in tension mm-hmm. at once. Um, we often try to make things or make people feel better by saying, well, everything has a reason or mm-hmm. you, this was a lesson for you to learn. That's not comforting to someone. No. However, as someone who does experience failure, it is important to say, okay, this thing was terrible and maybe it truly was something that was done to you mm-hmm. and you had very little control over it. Like a friend was just like, I'm dropping you. We're done. And you're like, well, there's really nothing I can do about this. Is there anything that I can take from this? There might be and there may not be. Mm-hmm. And then moving on. Once you've examined like, hey, was there anything here that, you know, were there any red flags? Was there anything that I that I did or did I see something in them? Do I see something in them now that I didn't see before? Take w- what is useful and then just keep going on. Yeah. Your turn. Excellent. Okay. My other one is just get back up. Yeah. Like just, the, I guess this is kind of similar to my first one. That set time, after that set time, come back. And you may come back different. You probably Get it's back prob- on the horse. Yeah. It's probably good that you do come back different when you get knocked down well if you don't come back different did you learn anything exactly maybe that's why you end up with the same failure over and over again Mm -hmm. you haven't learned how to come back different Mm -hmm. um so come back in whatever form you can so i you know i didn't get to teach in a like have my own classroom i came back to teach in a different form it's different but i'm getting to do the thing that i love yeah so well, and like your hobby is wrapped up into it in mm-hmm. a way that wouldn't have been in a traditional classroom. Yes. So if you need to hear that, I'm telling you today, you can get back up. Yeah. You you it may take time and you may need some time to like, I don't know if you felt this way after a workout, you just lay on the floor and you're like, ugh. Or maybe there's been times of deep sorrow where you've just been on your bathroom floor. Or, you know, where, where you feel low and you yeah. are low and you need time there. But don't forget to get back up. Yeah. Okay. My other tip for facing failure is to name. I wrote name the good, but I don't know if that's what I mean. Instead of saying, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> say that other you, things. Because you're owning that as your identity when you say that. Right. So it is to name, actually name your identity. So if I'm trying on jeans, instead of saying, my body is bad, these jeans fail to fit. Mm -hmm. It is naming the things that are, 
good. Uh, oh, wait. My body is really good because it got out of bed today. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it is in your job, like I failed at – no one signed up for a class that mm-hmm. we taught. Well, does that mean that we're failures? No. What are the other things that we are good at? Yeah. Like I am good at pursuing excellence in everything that I do. That also means that my – bar is really high for what success looks like. Mm -hmm. And so personally I'm failing a lot yeah, (laughs) because I'm not reaching that bar of success. That's really high. Um, and so instead of saying, well, I just need to lower my bar. I can say, no, I value, I like that. I, um, strive for excellence. And so that means I need to increase my failure tolerance because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to fall off that bar a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of letting the failure be the identifying factor, allow yourself to be identified by something else in the circumstance mm-hmm. that you're resilient, that you're, like you said, you know, you're, you come back different. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that relationship failed, but I am compassionate and empathetic and Mm open-hearted. Like there will be, I'm going to continue opening myself up for relationships. So Mm -hmm. focus on that part instead of the other. I like it. Very cool. All right. My last one is to consider the opinions of those who understand. So Mm. oftentimes when we've gone through some failure, we typically talk about it a lot or Um, if you don't, well, that's probably something else. Maybe you should be sharing it with other people. Um, do not consider the thoughts of other people who do not understand what you are going through. Right. Even if they're like close to you. Yeah. You could have people that love you, that want to support you, and they will say things to you that are not helpful. That does not make them bad people. Right. It just means that it's time for you to seek out people who understand the situation that you're in. So it helps if before your failure, you're in community with people. Yeah. So are you, if you're a small business owner, do you have relationships with other small businesses or, you know, follow other small businesses on Instagram or what? Can you reach out to a community? Um, You know, think about people, if you're struggling in your friendships, think about people who who you think like, oh, they're a really good friend reach out to them and, you know, talk to them because they're obviously doing the work. Don't consider people who are not doing the work that you're doing. Right. Who have no expertise right. in either your job, your relationship, or whatever it is you're trying out. You can take support from them, but it may not be what you need. Yeah. So consider the people who have been in the ring and not the critic who's been who only watches or the person in the Facebook comments or whatever. Yeah. Not the place yeah. to get solace from failure. Yes. So find encouragement from that. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, sometimes I get really meta, like whenever we're talking about something like failure and then I think, is our, is this conversation on failure going to be a failure? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I can understand that. But It's kind of hard to fail in a conversation, typically. I think the only way to truly fail in a conversation is not to listen to the other person. Ooh, yes. Sometimes I just think, did are we getting our point across? Or like, are we having the best conversation that we could have on this topic? Um, But the nature of it is, 
we're at 103 conversations. There you go. They're not all going to be good ones. <laughs> That's true. And I mean, how many times, like, even if this conversation is a failure, can we learn from that failure? And who even decides? Because there's us having the conversation and then there's the people listening to it. And so some people may be like, oh my gosh, that's the best conversation y'all have ever had. And some people might say, y'all really mucked up that one. <laughs> there, so. are, there are teachers who stick out of my mind who I want to emulate and t- teachers who taught me what not to do <gasps> right. through what they do. So maybe they did succeed in teaching, but probably there's well, something what they to be taught taken. you. What they taught you was what not to do. Yes. Yeah. So in that, mm, they failed to teach. Is there something I can take away from that? Yeah. Yes. Is it what I wanted? No. Brilliant. But, yeah. Um, well, we've come to the end of our podcast, and that means sweet and sour. What's your sweet this week? Um, I didn't write you didn't write anything down. down. Nothing. But um, I do have some sweets. I painted my fireplace black. Interesting. It looks fantastic. It was to go with my mural. Um, is your fireplace like brick or what? Or like- it There is brick on it, but not very much. And then on top of that is this big, it's like pretty big um, mantle. And then it comes down the mm. side. Okay. And I would describe it as like kind of art deco. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just white and really stark. Mm-hmm. So... I painted it black, and I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Excellent. Uh, Today, my sweet is I'm getting to meet some new people, and like some, it's uh, it is some, it's a couple that Richard knows, um, or is kind of acquainted with, and it's sort of like you know those like friend first dates. Like as an adult, you're like, oh, there's these cool people. We we, now we kind of hang out in the same group, but like we haven't actually hung out yet. Yeah. So it should be interesting. I'm a little nervous, but it'll be fun. Yeah. I like, I enjoy meeting new people. You do good with new people. I do. Um, my sour is, okay. I had a really bad dream a couple nights ago and I just can't shake it. Oh no. Like it's weird that a dream would still be my sour, but, um, what happened? I had a dream that I was having to go in for a second shoulder surgery and then I realized in the process that they were going to amputate my arm. Oh, no. It was horrible. I was like, Muli was here and I was telling her, did you know this is what they're going to do? I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And she was like, it's okay, Joe. You already had one shoulder surgery and look, you're fine. And I'm like, I'm going to have, I'm not going to have an arm when I get out. And I, no one would listen to me. I just didn't understand how cutting my arm off was going to make my shoulder not hurt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had done some yard work that day. And so I think my arm was hurting in my sleep, which is why I was having that dream. Mm, but but perhaps you're afraid of losing something very important to you. Like my right arm? Yeah. So, Maybe there's a deeper meaning here. Um, I think the deeper meaning is you still do have to sign a consent form for surgery. And I was not going to sign that one. <laughs> but oh my gosh. It was horrible. Like I still, it still makes me feel weird. Oh, I don't blame you. Sometimes there's some dreams that you just can't shake. Yeah. What's your sour? Um, 
my sour is the rain, but specifically, I'm doing a lot of painting work on props at the oh. moment, so it takes it a while for the yeah. paint to set. So just for that, yeah. I it while we were having this conversation, did you notice when it started storming? It was like yeah, raining was, hard out of nowhere. I love it. I love the rain. <laughs> so it just makes spray painting very difficult because yes. it doesn't set very fast. That is and, true. So. Um, what is your what am I learning? Yes. <laughs> so I learned about this new product. It's an automotive filler oh, uh-huh. that you like spray to help uh, fill in deep scratches and things. And I'm planning to use it in my prop making because I have a 3D printer. It leaves, sometimes it leaves like kind of spaces that need mm. to be filled. I've tried using Bondo already. Uh-huh. Um, but the thing is about Bondo is that it wears away faster than the plastic that I'm sanding. So I have to be very careful when I'm smoothing with it. So I want to try this stuff to see if it's any stronger. Um, and also the application will be so much quicker because it comes in a spray can that I spray versus, um, Bondo, which I was having to thin out with acetone, which is just a nightmare. And then having to kind of spread and then sand down. So, yeah, trying out new methods of finishing props. Wow. Yeah. And you you may potentially face some failure. Sounds like you already already have have. and you're dealing with it and you're learning from it. And I went into it knowing that the first time is not going to be great. I don't I don't have um, expectations of, oh, what if I nail it the first time? No, quit that. Yeah. Put that away so that when you do nail it the first time, you can be like, oh, what a lovely surprise. But if you are expecting that the first time that you do something, you're going to fail at it, it's not a shock. Yeah. So my problem is that when I do succeed on the first time, then that becomes the new expectation. And yes. And it feels like anything short of success on the first time is failure. Well, okay. So right now with our 3D printer, we've been going through a second. I'm making four of these different. It's the same prop, but I need four of them. We finished one. Oh, it was great. You know, we had zero problems. The second one, then we started having problems. So then it felt like, what are we doing wrong? And you're like, well, you had smooth sailing the first time. Now you have to learn how to deal with the failure. So to see, was your first success a fluke? Your failure is what lets you know that future successes are not a fluke. Exactly. Um, I'm learning... Um, what am I learning? Okay. Well, here's something I'm excited about that's Mm. new. So, um, last year was the first year that I really, uh, saw, not saw the value, but actually invested in my own personal development. You had talked about like finding people, um, you know, going to people that have gone through what you're Mm -hmm. going through. And so I am trying out a like a community for nonprofits that's a personal, I mean, it's not free. It's a, an investment, but I'm excited to see what I can learn. I mean, I'm not, I didn't go to school to be a executive director of a nonprofit. And there even schools where you can learn that. Yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can learn like nonprofit, you can get a degree in nonprofit kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to learn now. I feel like I'm far enough along. I'm not like new, new. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now I have some experience, um, and I feel like I'm ready to take on more, uh, education or like information and knowledge in certain things. 
Um, cause sometimes that's a weird balance, like too much information at the beginning and you have no experience to tamper it with. Yeah. It just gets lost and yeah, you you're don't like, know what to do uh, with it. How many of these things do I need to be juggling at once? Yeah. So I'm excited about that. It will be some learning, some things to be learning. Yeah. Wonderful. All right, friends. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. And I hope you fail at something this week and that you take, and that you learn. Yeah. Something that's fine to fail at. Something you have a high failure tolerance for. Low risk. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe you paint a picture and it doesn't come out just right. Thank you to my dear, dear friend Craig Hudson for our very createful theme music. You can hear more of Craig's music on Spotify under Craig Hudson. That's Hudson with a T. Or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. Also, be sure to connect with Make Do on Instagram at Make Do Create or on Facebook at Make Do Cersei. And visit our website, makedocreate.org, for upcoming classes, show notes, to order a face mask, lots of things.